middle. He's hiding up. No, he's coming to speak to us today. My neighbour. I've seen John from being a young boy to... Uh, he's not so young now. <laughs> he's a father of three. Fully grown. This looks interesting, John. <laughs> and uh, it's been great to see how John has progressed as a Christian. And when you think, you know, you think, oh, he don't know anything, does he? He's just a kid. <laughs> but it's, uh, it's actually great to hear from you, John, and receive from you today. So I just pray, Lord, that you'll bless John, whatever he has in his heart today. Just uh, bring that out, Lord, as you want it to be brought out and serve your purpose today through him in Jesus' name. Thanks, John. So, yeah, no, good to be here. We're sorry we're not here in our entirety as a Biddle household. Theo's not very well today, so Emma's stayed at home with him. But we have got Hallie and Jude here, so somewhere. I think, I hope we've still got Hallie and Jude here somewhere, otherwise I will be in trouble, but... Um, yeah, it's good. It's always good to be together. Um, this morning's been powerful, hasn't it? It's been, it's been really, really significant, I feel. And, and the focus on God's presence has been tangible. And today, I'm just going to continue. Over the last couple of months, we've been uh, going through those verses in 2 Chronicles, verse 14, specifically, if my people who are called by my name humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then I will hear from heaven and will forgive their sin and heal their land. Um, Joyce started uh, that um, little group of talks a couple of months ago and encouraged us to be revival stirrers, to stir up revival, to be expectant and to desire that. It was a real good encouragement. Charles took us through a couple of months, uh, sorry, last month, about the challenge and inspiration of looking at the kind of the current climate with Asbury as a backdrop and what God is doing in our community um, and asked us those three questions. Why not here? Why not us? Why not now? Was it in that order? That was... There was in, it was those three questions in, in some order. And, um, and that was encouraging. And we heard testimonies from within our community of what, what God has been doing. Um, and today, we could, have, we could have gone on to another topic, but I just really felt that it was important to dwell on that for a little bit, to stay at that place um, for a little bit and not just rush off onto the next topic. And I really felt that God was asking us just to, to desire his presence more um, in this place and in our lives. And so, you know, that's what... <laughs> That's good. I wish it hadn't been because I wouldn't have got quite as emotional if, <laughs> if I just thought, yeah, yeah, this is just John. But anyway, um, so you're not going to hear anything particularly new today. There's not going to be, you know, the next part of the Bible or anything that we're going to go through. We're just going to hold and stay in that place um, a little bit. Um, and we've just had prayer week, haven't we, where, where we were encouraged to focus on that verse specifically gave us the tools to call on God's name, to humble ourselves, to seek God's face, to turn from our wicked ways and to hear God. And um, I guess everybody got a chance to engage with that on some level over prayer week here. Um, and so my first uh, trip to the prayer room was just before Sally and Rob 
And I went in there and I had a little scout around, looked at the room and I thought, right, what am I going to start with? And I chose to start with um, the turning from the Wicked Ways station. Can you remember that? So do you know that there was a pen, there was a bowl of water and we were encouraged to just spend a bit of time just asking God to highlight things in our lives that we wanted to turn away from, that, that were getting in the way of our relationship with God. Um, and to write them on our hand and then to wash them off. So I did that and I really engaged in that, maybe a little bit too much. So I used every single finger, thumb, everything. I filled my hand with things that I just, and I was really honest, nobody else was in the room so I could be completely honest. And then I got to the exciting bit of washing it all away. So I washed it all away and was expecting to kind of see those, uh, those things that I'd written to, to just go. And after about 15 minutes of washing, I still couldn't get any of it off my hand. It looked like I'd just tattooed all of my sins onto my hand <laughs> for eternity. And I was thinking, what time is it? I've got like half an hour to get this off my hand before the next people come in. Rob and Sally, they probably know quite a few of them anyway, so it was fine. But I was starting to get a bit panicky. So then I went into the toilet and put soap on and was really scrubbing. Literally, I must have taken a couple of layers off of my hand before it all came off because my hand felt sore the next morning as well. <laughs> Whoever had put... It was like a permanent marker, I think, that somebody had put there. And I was like... And then I had to write things, my bad thoughts for that person that put that permanent marker down there and everything. So... <laughs> So Sally and Rob came in, they followed me, it was fine, the hand was clean. Sally said to me next, well, I was told Sally about this the following morning, she said, ah, oh, John, well, actually, the pen only came off if you were really sorry. <laughs> I was like, uh, thanks, Sally. So, um, so it was all right, but in the second half of my press, the first half was taken with that whole thing and the panic uh, of not being able to get this sin off my hand. But the second half of that press, lot, I was quite grateful for that because... It's easy to kind of engage with those kind of things and not really engage with it. Do you know what I mean? You can kind of just go through the motions. Yeah, write some sins on, wash it off. But the panic and the, the concern that I had for being able to, to get that off my hand was probably more true to how I should have <laughs> approached that in the first place. Do you know what I mean? And that is how Jesus approached that. Jesus didn't just look at my hand or look at my sin and just like wash it off. Jesus was so concerned and so co worried and panicked that sin was in my life that was getting in the way of my relationship with him. That he didn't just take off a couple of layers. <laughs> he put a nail through it. <laughs> um, and so that, that is who we're following. That is who we're in the presence of, we've got a God that is present. Um, we've got a God who, who chose to participate um, and, and in the story, and a God who wants to participate and be present in every second and every breath of our lives. We'll take a bit of water. And that's the whole point of two chronicles. We're looking at the temple being built. And God wanted his presence and his people to participate in that presence. That's the whole point of the tabernacle, the Holy of Holies. It's all about God's presence, isn't it? Um, the temple was not for God as such. God created the world. He created the universe. He is awesome, powerful, everything. It was for his people, 
really, to, to be able to engage with the presence and, and be able to participate in that. The temple was for, for us, for his people. Um, and so when I was in the prayer room, actually, I was thinking about what to speak about today. And, and I just felt God gave me three words, just presence, participation, and people. And so that's what I'm going to talk on today. Um, and that's where we're, where we're starting. Um, we need God's presence. And that is the God we're talking about, of being in the presence of. And, and so we need to want God's presence more. We, we, the whole point um, that we were made was to be in God's presence and to participate in that presence. Emma has started working for the Church of England over the last couple of uh, years, 18 months or so. And she gets to go to a bunch of like, um, you know, uh, conferences and things like that. And a couple of weeks back, um, she went to a conference. It was a church planting conference. And there was a bishop there who was doing a talk. And he just said something. I can't even remember the whole context in which it was said. I just remember. Do you know every now and then you just hear something? It just sticks with you. And it just, you just mull it over. But this bishop said, we are not in an era of change. We are in a change of era. And I was like, oh, that was... It just, just hit me, and I can't even really explain why. I, I forgot everything else she said. That was the only thing that really stuck with me. And, um, and a change of era is far bigger than just an era of change, isn't it? There's something permanent about a change of era that is not so permanent about a change of, uh, an era of change. Um, and I don't know what you think. I still don't really know. I haven't really landed on that. But I think globally, I think nationally, I think potentially as a church... Maybe individually you might feel you're, you're going through a change of era rather than just a, an era of change. And over this time, we really need to hold on to, to what is constant, what is solid. Like Holly's just taking us through worship of, you know, standing on the rock. Um, and, and that is so important over this era of change where everything else is shifting and everything else is changing and moving. We need to be anchored into what, does not let us down and what does not change and what is constant. We always need that, but over an era of change, it's even more important because we can, we can lose ourselves in that. Um, Yemi, I'm really glad you're here, Yemi. This, I don't know if you remember a couple of months ago, you, Theo was here, he was putting his hand up and <laughs> doing what he does, talking about football and his birthday and all the rest of it. And Yemi pulled him to one side um, after... And just said, oh, how old are you, Theo? And he said, oh, I'm seven going on eight. When's your birthday? He said, oh, 25th of May. And he said, well, I have a word for you. It's Matthew 7, verse 25. And does anybody know what that is? Yeah, exactly. So he gave Theo this word a couple of months ago. The rain came down, the streams rose, and the winds blew and beat against that house. Yet it did not fall because it had its foundations on the rock. That's like, I was, I was so grateful you gave that to Theo, because over the following weeks after that, Theo really wanted to read not just his, uh, his devotional, he wanted to read that bit <laughs> in the Bible. <laughs> and that then allowed me to then unpack that, or God to unpack that. We read it together, didn't we, Helia? You, me, and Theo. Um, and that, that was just, it was really powerful. Um, if we are serious about God's presence, we are serious about prayer, aren't we? That is, that's significant. Prayer brings us into the presence of God. Um, prayer is, 
is encountering Jesus and spending time with him. Um, if that is so important, we can expect things to get in the way. And we need to be prepared for that. And we need to make sure that we're aware of that. So in this part of the Bible, they've just built the temple. Then a few years later, the Babylonians take them, the Israelites into exile and the temple is destroyed. And then fast forward a little bit more, then you have the, um, uh, I've forgotten what, the Persians, I think, defeat the Babylonians. And then they send a little contingent of the Israelites back to Jerusalem and say, build your temple again. Um, you're allowed to do that. And so the, in Haggai, is all about, that prophetically, it's only like two chapters long, but it's all about this little contingent going back to Jerusalem to rebuild the temple, to refocus on God's presence as you know, a foundation of what they're all about. And, um, and they don't do it, really. Haggai has to, has to bring a prophetic word from God. They've concentrated on loads of other things. There's loads of local opposition externally um, of people that didn't want the temple to be built again. But then also they just became a bit complacent and they just concentrated on other things in their lives. And then in Haggai, um, he says, Now this is what the Lord Almighty says. Give careful thought to your ways. You have planted much but harvested little. You eat but never have enough. You drink but never have your fill. You put on clothes but are not warm. You earn wages only to put them in a purse with holes in it. And he actually digs them out about concentrating on building their own homes. They've all got their own homes to build, but they didn't build the temple. He says, build the temple. Focus on the temple. And so there are lots of things that will get in the way and that will come up that will, that will try and take our focus away from, from being in the presence of God above all else. Um, and, and I just felt challenged, what are those things? What are the things at the moment that are affecting me in this? And what are the things that are drawing my attention away from having that as the focus? And, um, you know, I think... Um, I think we've all, we've all got things that we can see that will come, come about. But we want to be focused and solely focused on being in the presence of Jesus and participating in the presence of Jesus, not just asking. We, Jesus was here this morning. We had the decision to either participate in that or just observe. And the ch challenge is there to, to participate in it. There are loads and loads of ways that we can we can do that there are uh, um, we've all read celebration of discipline you know there's be still there's lectio 365 there's loads of things but there are a couple of things that i just took from wildfires taylor statton's uh, talk about god's whisper and um, he he just highlighted a couple of things that i'm sure you're already aware of but just i've implemented them a little bit more in in my daily rhythms um, which have just been really helpful. And um, one thing that he did was he started each day with 10 minutes of just listening, asking the Holy Spirit to come uh, to rest and allow God to speak. And he made 10 minutes at the beginning of his day of just not speaking not, and, and just focusing on intimacy, not revelation, is what he said. And then after that 10 minutes, he just made the, the, the decision to say, Jesus, I hear you talking to me about... X, Y, and Z, allowing God to, to truly speak to him, to be in God's presence, but then to participate in that presence. Um, 
So to start each day of listen, listening, he referred to it as literally by just listening and allowing God to speak. It was, it was dropping our fig leaves and allowing God to minister to us, is how he put it, which I thought was really, really good. Um, and then he finished each day. Now, we've all um, gone through examining, but he finishes each day with reviewing the day and then asking three questions. Where did I feel closest to God? Where did I feel furthest from God? And then just one prayer. Just one prayer for tomorrow. And I found this really helpful for a number of reasons. One is that if you're doing this regularly, one prayer is fine. Like, because you know you've got another prayer tomorrow and, and you can focus just on the important stuff. And so, like, we're going through a, a season of sport at the moment with the Ashes and tennis. And this is like heaven for me. I absolutely love it, having sport all day, every day, sport that I love. And, and the Ashes, the thing about Ashes and tennis is literally, they, I mean, the matches can last. There's been loads of matches that have lasted four hours. The Ashes last like five days nonstop. And that's great. But the thing is, you're never going to win on that first serve. And you're never going to win on that first bowl. There is the long game that you've got to play. And that's what this is doing, is literally this is returning each serve and each ball every day. Um, as we have that one prayer for tomorrow, as we, we reevaluate the, the review of the day that has just been. And so that's just helped me just focus on what, what has been important but also just be really specific and just allow and to, to take the daily uh, rhythm of engaging and being in God's presence by participating in that. Um, and the participation is, is essential. It is essential. We can be in God's presence and miss it. We can be in God's presence and, and not really engage and not really participate. Um, I was led to Martha, the story of Martha and Mary, really, as I was thinking about this. Um, and I'll just quickly read that. As Jesus and his disciples were on their way, he came to a village where a woman named Martha opened her home to him. She had a sister called Mary who sat at the Lord's feet, listening to what he said. But Martha was distracted by all the preparations that had to be made. She came to him and asked, Lord, don't you care that my sister has left me to do the work by myself? Tell her to help me. Martha, Martha, the Lord answered, you are worried and upset about many things, but few things are needed, or indeed only one. Mary has chosen what is better, and it will not be taken away from her. And I've read that loads, of, like, it's a really, really well-known story, isn't it? Everybody knows the Martha and Mary story. But as I was reading it again, I suppose what I generally kind of have always read that story, um, the, the things that generally come out is that... Um, Martha was kind of the doer. Mary was kind of the contemplative, passive one. And, you know, it was all like, you know, just focus on Jesus and, all, you know, all of those things. But I suddenly read it very differently this time as that actually, although Martha was doing a lot, Mary was participating. Mary was the one that was truly participating and truly doing in that, in that story. And then... I think, it, I can't remember who it was then. Um, anyway, it doesn't matter. Somebody who is well-versed in the Bible, he said that actually what Mary was doing would have been really kind of unexpected because she was at Jesus' feet. Followers would have sat at the rabbi's feet um, and listened to him. And, and this would have been the man's place in that situation. Mary should have been, if you look at the, the culture and everything that was going on, she should have been doing what Martha was doing. 
but Mary was choosing to sit his feet. And that would have been, I'm assuming, that would have been quite uncomfortable. I'm assuming she'd have got a lot of looks as if, so what, what are you doing here? And her sister was definitely angry with her. And, you know, loads of people would have been thinking loads of different things. So this wouldn't, this wouldn't have been comfortable. That would, have taken, that would have taken guts to have done that. And this wouldn't have been the lazy way out. This would have been like, she was making a decision that was harder than just going out and helping, helping her sister do all the preparations. Um, and that made me think, well, you know, this was a lady that just had her priorities right. <laughs> and, and she was bold. This wasn't an easy thing. This was, this was bold and this was taking the route of... Un- being uncomfortable and making others uncomfortable because she was more um, engaged and, and, and determined to be in Jesus' presence. She was determined not just to have Jesus as present, but she wanted to be present and participating in that presence. And, and that is what we need to do. We need to um, participate in Jesus' presence. We don't want to walk past the burning bush. We don't want to walk past and, and miss the, the, the wrestle that Jacob did. And, and we don't want to miss the presence of Jesus. We want to participate in that. And we want to be aware of that. And so, yeah, just this week, um, how can we participate in God's presence? God's presence is there, but how can we participate in it? And how can we truly engage with it this week? Um, and then... I think those things are really important. That is it. And, but as we participate and are present, and as we participate in Jesus' presence, that will inevitably lead us to people. All the way through the Bible, um, we have you know Abraham, Jacob, Moses, Joseph, Pentecost, all of those encounters when people truly participate in God's presence it pushes people out to other people, doesn't it? Um, and in, in, a, in an era of change or a change of era, however you want to look at it, the, we, can, we can become so concerned and things can really shake us that we just, we just focus in. we just like, let's just damage limitation just for a season. Let's just focus here and just get through it. But ultimately, if we are, if we are participating in God's presence we're going to be led to people. We've got to expect that actually we need, to, we need to have eyes that are looking to those around us that we're coming into contact with. I think as a church, as we, yeah, school's work is changing. We are definitely in a change of era at the moment with just how things have looked in the past. But the call to go back to our roots and to go back to what God put in us at the start is, is true and is spending time in God's presence is essential. And as we do that, and as we participate in it, we're not going to lose that part of what God has called us to, because when we participate in God's presence, we are led to people. And so, yes, school's work is, and that might change how that works its way out. We're not going to be doing it in Gable Hall and Hassenbrook in the same way that we have been. But we need to expect that if we're participating in God's presence, we're going to be hitting people. And it could just be, yeah, like Charles said, this is a pruning time, and that then leads to even greater fruit. So, yeah, we're not losing that. We are pruning and we're expecting more. Um, And so hopefully, as I've just been talking about all of this, 
I hope everybody's just thinking, yeah, obviously, <laughs> this, is, this is true. That none, none of what we've spoken about today is new at all. If you look at when we set up back in you know, uh, 2007, we had uh, rhythms um, of uh, you know, prayer, learning, creativity, hospitality, mission, justice, and all of that. They were all put in place to be in God's presence, to help us to, to participate in that, and to lead us out. Like presence, participation, people. Um, and then if you look at our website, we have got the, the vision and the values of just encounter family and sent. The, re- the, the reason that we came up with those was because that pretty much just encompassed all those, those rhythms that we were doing um, before. Just encounter presence and participating in that as family together, participating in that as a community, um, and then family and then sent. Sent was all about being sent out to people. As we participate in God's presence, we, we are sent out. And so none of that, none of that is, is new at all. And what is exciting is we've got rumblings of what, what is happening. Charles had you guys come up and give testimonies last week. We had Holly uh, last month. Holly, you shared about the, uh, the guy that you saw in the, in the um, petrol station. And, and Rob, you shared about praying with your, your neighbours and everything. That is... That is participating in God's presence and being aware of the people and having the boldness um, and being happy to step out in a little bit of an uncomfortable situation and do the things and be aware that God is speaking to you about the people that you're encountering. Um, And the smallest act of obedience can lead to like a story for generations. Like, I mean, Yemi has just shared the Bible, a really simple Bible verse with Theo, but that that has inspired a little bit of hunger for God's word in, in our family. <laughs> that's good. <laughs> that's a generational thing, isn't it? That's not, that's not just a nice little verse. That's like eternity. <laughs> so, yeah. So that, let's, let's stop. <laughs> but, um, yeah, presence, participation, and people... Um, is kind of yeah just and that's pretty much what we were doing in the worship anyway and everything none of this is is new and but it is a call to to refocus to make sure that we are carving out that time to be in God's presence not just to be in God's presence but to participate in that and to be expectant to be drawn out from that